This week in the Tech on Tap podcast, Matt Trubin and Dan Tullis join us to talk to us all about the newest security features in ONTAP 9.11.1. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have some guests to talk to us all about the new security stuff with ONTAP 9.11.1, which is either out now or out soon. Who knows by the time this podcast is edited or posted. So uh, with us today, uh, Matt Trudwin is here. Matt, what do you do here at NetApp and how do we reach you? Yeah. Hey, Justin. At this point, I feel like, um, you know, part of my job's on this podcast. So we've done several in a row, but no, uh, seriously. Yeah, it's been, been fun. Uh, but yeah, I am a security evangelist here at NetApp. I talk about security across many of our products, but ONTAP is definitely uh, my area of expertise from a security standpoint. And they can reach me at NTAPMAT on Twitter. That's N-T-A-P Matt. And I'm starting to get more avid on the LinkedIn stuff. So if you want to hit me up on LinkedIn somehow, you can do that. Although, I'm one of the few people below 500 connections. If I don't really know you personally, I don't accept it. Just FYI. <laughs> fair, fair warning. If you accept connections from people you don't know, usually it turns into, hey, I would like to introduce you to my business model that I do for marketing stuff. And <laughs> ah, is that how that works? Okay. I keep getting messages. So I get a lot of those. But yeah, anyway. Um, so Matt, is, is part of your job description going to customer sites and placing your hand on the network switches and healing their networks? Is that is that what an evangelist does? Um, you know, I asked for that in the job description, but, uh, they said, no, that would not fly. So your network is healed. <laughs> do you handle so, snakes? I mean, that, that's, that's always a good one. You kind of do, right? I mean, some, <laughs> some of the guys out there, malicious actors, I would call them snakes. So yeah, we, NetApp security can help handle those types of snakes. Anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. We're treading on some dangerous territory here. Let's move on. Dan Tullidge is here also. Dan, what do you do here at NetApp? How do I reach you? Yeah, I'm, I'm Dan Tullidge. I'm a technical marketing engineer. I'm not an evangelist. You know, I, I'm not going to handle any snakes. And you can reach me at uh, daniel.tullidge at netapp.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. I'm not going to tell you my Twitter handle. <laughs> it's classified. <laughs> Redacted. Wouldn't do him any good anyway. Tweets are locked. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, so again, we're here to talk about security, specifically as it pertains to ONTAP 9.11.1, which is, again, either it's out now or it's coming out soon. Uh, we're within that window where we can talk about this stuff. So, you know, we brought Matt and Dan along to talk to us about that. So what do, what do we want to start with, Matt? What's the first big heavy hitter that we're going to have in ONTAP 9.11.1? I think the biggest part of the security payload is a little thing called multi-admin verify or multi-admin verification mav if you want to call it that like you know top guns out so maverick <laughs> yeah Ma- Ma- maverick's right of the playoffs so that doesn't that doesn't apply oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's true <laughs> but yeah no multi-admin verify it's uh it's quite a differentiating feature um for us right it uh it, it has a lot of capabilities um it's a security feature what it does essentially is let's say you have full cluster admin account you know and uh, that account tries to go and do some things like volume deletion or snapshot deletion. Well, 
you know, full cluster admin can do that, right? Well, what if uh, a bad guy gets a hold of that? Or what if the, the person that's a shared account, right? Um, so we wanted to add in this feature to help with those potential threats. We call them either insider threats or stolen credentials. And what multi-admin verify does is it adds additional approvers for certain functions. You have to configure it. You know, it is uh, one thing is get a lot of questions on it. Is this feature a license feature? Do you have to buy an additional license? No, it's part of the core bundle. And when you enable the feature, then you create rules. So enabling it doesn't mean it applies to everything. These rules can be very uh, specific. You can say it applies to all volume deletions. So let's go with that quick scenario because I already mentioned that. So you create a rule, any volume deletion, you require additional additional approver, approvers. English is hard. So when you go, when the admin, the full cluster admin scenario we talked about, when he goes to delete the volume uh, and you have this multi-admin verify rule, well, depending on how many approvers you set up in the rule, the deletion will not go through. They have to approve it first. So that's that's kind of a great thing, especially if you have you know volumes that you know you're not going to delete uh, on a whim, right? Maybe like your, your main uh, database volume, for example. So that that's one example of it. Uh, you can have as many approvers as you want. Uh, the approvers actually get an email uh, letting them know uh, that there's a request out there. The request is also automatically created. So uh, that's another cool thing. You don't have to create the request. If you try to run it and Mavs enabled, it creates the request for you. It notifies all the approvers uh, via email, also through CLI, also if you happen to be in system manager and you can see multiple alerts that way. But you go ahead and once you got the approval, you click in the email, it'll take you into system manager and you can put your approval in right there. Also REST API, CLI. And that's basically how it works. Uh, commands, uh, I highlighted two of them. It doesn't support every command. I think it's a list of about 10 or 20 um, other than snapshot and volume delete. It's also like creating additional users. I mean, that makes sense, right? You wouldn't want to uh, have that person be able just to create as many admins as they wanted to. Why not, Matt? Is that bad? Well, that would... <laughs> That would kind of break the entire principle. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of neat, right? As uh, we, we also, that's actually a guardrail rule. Um, we have a few rules that are enabled by default. You know, I mentioned you have to create these rules, but one of the rules that is there by default is you cannot create additional admin accounts. It's just they're built in as soon as you enable the feature. So um, pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, it has a lot of capabilities. I would say one of the main use cases for it is actually protection uh, from ransomware in the sense that these snapshots are pretty important if you need to recover from a ransomware attack and backup. And uh, so I don't, I don't know, may, maybe I'll throw it over to, to Dan if you want to elaborate more on that use case. But essentially, yeah, that's that's multi-admin verified in a nutshell. This, yeah, this okay. sounds suspiciously like um, something I've heard of called zero trust. Would, <laughs> would, you, would you say that's accurate, Dan or Matt? Actually, I've gotten into discussions about this with with people, and and they say, well, it's not exactly. It is a. It, it's related to zero trust, but if every admin is compromised somehow, um, then it's not a zero trust feature. So, getting back to the ransomware use case, I mean, ultimately, if you um, snap vault your your snapshots, um, that's the way to protect against that because nobody can can delete those snapshots. I mean, but with multi-admin verify, if there was some level of collusion amongst the admins, say they were, they were getting bought off by a bad guy. Um, you know, there's a possibility for a non zero trust, um, 
environment. But um, yeah, in, in general, it is it does support a zero trust because chances are you're not going to have all your admins get compromised. Well, that and you know the whole pro- the whole aspect of it is you know trust nothing, verify everything, right? So this is essentially yep. doing that. Like no one is trusted to do anything by themselves. You have to verify it with somebody. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely can play into your overall zero trust uh, strategy. But adding is addi- it's an additional layer, right? Um, yep. So and, and that's pretty cool because I really like the snapshot aspect of because what Dan mentioned, the ultimate way to protect from. Uh, you know, snapshot deletion is with snap lock and snap vault used to be called lock vault and nobody can delete till that expiration expiration period expires or passes rather. But that requires additional licenses. Uh, and this doesn't, this is just built right into ONTAP. So it's a great way to protect those snapshots from being deleted by a single administrator um, with multi-admin verify. So I, I expect that's the main use case people will use it for other than volume deletion you know, is protecting those snapshots uh, from from deletion at no additional cost. Yeah, I mean, it's a bare bones approach, but it's definitely, you know, good to have something like that built into the product. So you're not just blowing smoke when you say, yes, we care about security. No, we actually do. We, we just don't want to give you everything for free, right? We have to make money, of course. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like there are other options and it's a layered approach, of course. Absolutely. All right, so um, you know, ONTAP 9.11.1 has some other features, including you know, aside from multi-admin verify. So, what else do we have out there for that? Well, one of the you know, we did make an enhancement to a big thing we announced in 9.10.1, which was on-box autonomous ransomware protection. Uh, but you know, we we want to improve on that because the ransomware and the malware is out there, ever changing. So, we would like to improve on it as well. And so uh, just real quick recap for anybody that isn't very familiar with the feature is uh, it's it's on box. It is anti-ransomware or we call it autonomous ransomware protection. And it's looking for on NAS workloads um, abnormal activity at the volume layer. So uh, that could be malware, ransomware. Um, and it learns as a learning period and then you activate it. And once it sees abnormal activity, it'll send an alert. Uh, and it will create an automatic snapshot. What's new for that 9.11.1 is the types of ransomware that can it can detect and create an automatic snapshot for. So um, in the first version, you know, it it didn't do the best job at detecting ransomware that encrypted a small portion of the file. You know, it's typically looking for the the full encryption. Um, lock file is an example. The the current version uh, does a great job of that. Also, um, with this, and this actually goes back into a 9.10p release as well, um, the number of volumes uh, that you can uh, support before you have performance issues uh, is higher. And I'll get into performance issues in a second, but um, you're good with uh, the 9.11.1 and also um, whatever the most recent 9.10.1p release is when this comes out. When this podcast comes out, you will be good with uh, support for 150 volumes for general workloads before you start seeing any performance issues. And for heavy write workloads, uh, about uh, 50 volumes. Now, here's the performance aspect of this. Uh, what will we say when you start potentially experiencing some performance from this feature? It's actually quite low, the impact. Uh, once you get over 150 volumes for general workloads, it's approximately uh, 4% is the max. And you shouldn't see anything o- over that. Um, also, for heavy write workloads, get over 50 volumes, it's 10%. Uh, 
So the reason why it never gets any worse, because it never gets any worse than four or 10 is just, it doesn't do as frequent of checking, right? It checks all the volumes, but once you get to a certain level, it, it can only check so many at a time. It isn't uh, constantly checking all IO, right? So that's, that's how we negate some of that performance impact. So just be aware of that, but it's a really great feature. We have a whole ransomware podcast we did again recently. So go back and listen to that if you guys want to get the full NetApp solution ransomware. But for this particular ONTAP feature, it's a great part of the layered defense strategy that can make it easier for you to detect ransomware early and have better recovery points. And so uh, anyway, that, that's basically what's new in 9.11.1 for anti-ransomware. Can you um, kind of unpack some of what you would see in the event of a ransomware attack that this autonomous ransomware feature is looking for? Like, what are some of the key indicators there? Yeah, uh, really, the what it's looking for at the volume level is it's um, it used to be a brand new extension plus high data entropy or randomness of data, because that's what you see in, in encryption, whether it's good encryption or bad encryption. And that was the 9.10.1 version. But again, it was looking at it in the entire file, you know, not just necessarily a part of the file. 9.11.1, it can create automatic snapshots for uh, the same extension, right? A well, a, basically an extension it already learned. Uh, that's not a default option, but it is configurable. Uh, we didn't make it a default because you need to test that in your environment to see if that's going to create too many false positives. So, um, and also you can have it look for, just like I said, that partial file encryption now, not necessarily the whole encrypted file. So that's what it's looking at. As the blocks are getting written to disk, it has a, a logger on the system and it's using machine learning to look how the writes are, what's contained in the writes as far as data entropy I mentioned. And then it will, uh, based on that, if it sees an alert, it'll take a snapshot. It actually takes a snapshot first. It, it all, As soon as it starts seeing something abnormal in that file, it takes a snapshot right away. Then it confirms it with the onboard analytics and the machine learning, right? So um, sometimes you'll, you'll see a anti-ransomware or on-box autonomous ransomware protection snapshot taken, but an alert's not there yet. Well, that's because it's still looking at the analytics to confirm it, right? It's like, it's a little suspicious, but we're wanting to make sure. But we still want to get that recovery point as close as possible. So that's kind of how it works under the covers. Yeah, and it's a pretty low-cost event for taking a snapshot, right? It doesn't really impact your performance much at all. If anything, um, there's no storage space that's taken up unless things start changing, which brings us to the next thing that you can look for is changes in snapshot sizes. So can you tell me a little bit about how, if there's anything in ONTAP 9.11.1 or ancillary products that help us detect when a snapshot size starts to go out of control? Yeah, and, and it's nothing. This has actually been beyond, before uh, 9-11-1, and the on-box autonomous ransomware feature does not use this, but we do have exactly what you're you're looking for or asking about. Uh, that high snapshot rate of change or snap delta. Uh, Active IQ Unified Manager has uh, an alert for that. It monitors for that. And if you start to see that on a volume, you can configure it per volume, which is pretty cool. It'll, it'll generate an alert. Now, it could be other things causing that, right? If you have a, a high rate of change, uh, just because you're replacing the entire database, if you're a database admin, you're going to have a pretty big snapshot rate of change there. But uh, that's one product that's great at that. Uh, Active IQ, I believe, has some capabilities for that as well. Um, I'm, 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 I'm remembering correctly. No, sorry. That's that's system, system Manager Insights, not Active IQ. But... And there is an additional one that the Active IQ Unified Manager has. Uh, this alert was added, I think, in 9.10.1. So I don't know if we talked about this back then, Justin, but 
Storage efficiency loss. One of the things about ransomware is that as it's encrypting all the files at the host side, when it lands on ONTAP, we can no longer see into the file contents, which what does that mean? Why do we need to see file contents? Well, if you have duplicate files, then you can deduplicate, right? Deduplication. So you usually see a significant drop in data deduplication when you have ransomware encrypt the files. That is uh, another alert that Unified Manager has. In addition to Snapshot uh, Delta, you can also see a loss of storage efficiency and get an alert on that. So that's that's a couple of cool ways you can look at that. Yeah, snapshots also grow when things are deleted. So if there's something that goes in there and just starts wiping out files, that'll also catch that. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, cool. So, um, you know, ANSI Ransomware has an on-box analytics engine. And I would imagine that that's not the end of it, right? There's there's probably going to be some more enhancement to that in the future, you know, because we want to make sure we make the best use of that. So does that data get used anywhere else? Does it go into into auto support or active IQ and, and give us more insights as far as a holistic approach to try to help other customers with that? Or are we keeping that data on the system or is there an option to, to opt in or opt out? How, how does that work? Yeah. Um, so there are there is some data that comes back to us on that, right? When these attacks happen, we get some EMS events uh, that give us information on that. So if you turned on auto support, um, it's an actually the EMS event is high enough severity that that that'll be part of that. Well, I guess we get the whole EMS log anyway, but um, it's called out, right? Is an alert, I think, depending on it. So that's one way that we consume that. Uh, we get some other data through auto support, uh, but it is something certainly that uh, we we want to continue to do a better job on, right? So I think I'm not a product manager anymore, but I think that uh, I would expect you would see us doing more on that in the future, right? Learning from this, from what's out there in the field and then using that data to make the product better. I mean, that's that's one of the main uh, portions why we have auto support, right? Or active IQ now rather, is uh, we want to see what's going on in the field and can we learn from it and improve our products based off of that. So I think you will see that in the future. All right, cool. There's, there's tighter down. integration with um, cloud security, right? I mean, as, as we're um, progressing through this, uh, autonomous ransomware protection. Yeah, actually, that's a great point, Dan. I forgot about that. So yeah, the, the Cloud Secure did integrate uh, with autonomous ransomware protection recently uh, in their in their dashboard. So what, so what is Cloud Secure? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, why don't you, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, sure. And yeah, Cloud Secure is, is part of Cloud Insights, and it does, you know, where the autonomous ransomware protection is looking at analytics on box, and it's looking at, you know, different file activity and entropy. Um, Cloud Secure is looking at user behavioral analytics. So it's looking at, you know, baselines, you know, just like um, we have a learning period with the autonomous ransomware protection. We have a learning period with with um, Cloud Secure and Cloud Secure baselines, what is normal user behavioral analytics or user behavior, and then compares that, um, you know, moment by moment. And when a user starts stepping out of that, um, you know, it, it can also take a snapshot and alert on you know the fact that the user is is doing something at a different time of day than normal um far more activity accessing way more uh, file shares and so it can take actions like that so you know we've talked about the autonomous ransomware feature of ontap uh, what else have we added to ontap 9.11.1 that makes sense from a security perspective well we, we added um support for 
clustered key servers. So we, we usually think of clustering from, you know, clustered on tap, but um, our key server partners have come up with um, clustered implementations for redundancy. Now we've always had redundancy with our external key manager, external key servers um, in that we would write keys to all the key servers. Um, you know, for, you know, you could have up, up to four, and and then um, when we boot up, we we grab the keys off of one of those key servers. But the uh, key server vendors <clears throat> have come up with many of them have this clustered capability for um, systems that they integrate with that did not have an integrated uh, redundancy feature like ONTAP did. And so when you were running ONTAP with clustered key servers, um, you would end up getting redundant keys in the key servers because um, you know, because ONTAP's writing to all the key servers and the key servers are replicating against themselves. And so now we have this feature where we support um, the clustered key servers. Um, and, you know, and so we, we treat them as a cluster and, and we don't try to write to all the key servers. Does that make sense? Kind of. So so break that down. What, what sort of use cases that makes the most sense for like, I mean, I'm guessing that people were asking for this. Was there a specific reason why? Well, I mean, so they're using applications with their key servers that are not like ONTAP, that ha- did not have any <clears throat> inherent um, redundancy capabilities. Um, and so the key server vendors had to come up with this this clustered mechanism um, so they could provide redundancy for, for uh, systems that, that um, did not have an inherent redundant capability with the key servers. And so, so we had to adapt to that, um, you know, like I said, because um, we're customers were getting um, duplicate keys when they turned on clustering on their key servers. Okay. So it's basically trying to make it more aware that there's multiple key servers so that we're not just creating a bunch of keys everywhere. Right. So do, do duplicate keys create outages or are they security risks? Like what's the main drawback of having a duplicate key out there? Well, a, a big one is when you're booting up and there's duplicate keys, ONTAP's trying to grab all those keys and it takes a long time. And so boot, boot periods would take a long time. And, you know, we ha- we came up with mechanisms, you know, that um, for certain customers that, you know, where we could um, adapt to that and delete the keys through, a, you know, scripts and things like that. But it was a headache. And so um, it's better that we support it natively rather than have to deal with it on the back end. Okay. Yeah, and along the same lines, actually, uh, it's it's great that the keys, um, it, to, to your point, to manage them, right? Because when they would look at their their key managers, they would see the same key uh, multiple times, right? Because that's what I mean by duplicates. Uh, you could have, instead of only two keys for a volume, you might have 16, right? So it was a little bit of overhead to manage. And some security departments and customers, they want to have one key manager for all of their devices and applications. And so even though ONTAP already did a good job of being highly available, like Dan said, all the rest of the applications and devices didn't necessarily do that. That's why these vendors came up with clustering and uh, we didn't work with it natively uh, well, but we we do now. So yeah, you you eliminate both those, those things, the booting up and the, and the management overhead of multiple keys. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about some of the advancements we're doing for, you know, I guess, newer technologies, newer encryption um, newer regulation standards, like what do we have in ONTAP 9.11.1 that kind of covers those areas? Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of things. One, a newer security protocol 
for um, managing the ONTAP system uh, is TLS 1.3. You know, we, for anybody not familiar, <laughs> we started out security with, uh, you know, you go to HTTPS, it uses a certificate on any browser that used to be SSL. I'm, I was around long enough that I remember we had to go get SSL certificates. <laughs> um, the protocol evolved, right? And, and one of the first versions of it was transport layer security or TLS 1.0. And that has evolved. Um, these security protocols, basically they work for a while and then there becomes up with ways to begin to uh, get past their security mechanisms, right? Uh, but the whole idea is to secure the communication between your client device and your um, server device, in this case, ONTAP. So when you go to manage ONTAP system, prior to 9.11.1, the best we could do was TLS 1.2. Well, 1.3 has been out for a little while, right? Uh, I think uh, it came out in 2018. So we were finally uh, able to add that, which is fantastic. Uh, 1.3 is different from 1.2 in that it's a little bit quicker protocol. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't have as many um, layers to it in the communication. It reduces some of that back and forth. So it's more efficient. That's a better way to say it rather than quicker. It's more efficient protocol. And it has more secure ciphers by default, right? Some of the, some of the ciphers in TLS 1.2, we've been saying for a while to, to go ahead and disable them. If you look at our hardening guide, it tells you to only a, enable PFS uh, capable cipher suites, perfect forward secrecy. And TLS 1.3, uh, it, it has those more secure ciphers. So it's a great way to, to um, enhance the communication and make it more secure when you're trying to manage your ONTAP system. And the management could be to, through System Manager. It could also be through REST API, right? So anything that uses uh, HTTPS Communicate can use TLS 1.3. So that's one thing that we added. Uh, another thing kind of in the same realm is this is the first version of ONTAP that will be able to accept FIPS 140-3 capable uh, drives. So for anyone unaware, FIPS 140-2 been around forever. In fact, if you look at the, the logo for FIPS 140-2, it looked like it came out for Windows 95 or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's pretty old logo, but uh, it was a standard for certain encryption algorithms amongst other things. But one of the key parts of it was the, what are the FIPS encrypted algorithms, FIPS approved. Uh, it's by NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And NIST puts out a lot of great security information. But they came up with a new version, a new version of it wasn't, it's not just FIPS 140-2 anymore. FIPS 140-3 is a thing. 140-2 is going to be still be around until 2026, I believe. Uh, we actually renewed some of our FIPS 140-2 certs because of that. So it's not like it's going away tomorrow, but it is going away. And 140-3 is a thing. So 911 will be able to accept. FIPS 140-3 validated drives in addition to dash two. And also it is the first step in us developing software encryption module uh, for FIPS 140-3. If you check the NIST site, and we can put this in the show notes, so I'll give you the link, Justin, but you will see that our cert validation for software encryption is in progress. So you can check that out. Um, we needed to actually ship the code and shipping code to test it, right? So look for that coming uh, in, in the future. You can already see we're make, taking steps towards that. We know that particularly with federal agencies, they're going to need to meet FIPS 140-3 at some point. And so that's why we wanted to be ahead and be ready of that because um, obviously security is, is most important in those uh, type of environments. So um, with the FIPS 140-3 
I know that we have like that kind of easy button, right? Where you can kind of enable FIPS 140-2. Does that same stuff apply? Is there anything new in 140-3 that we have to consider that we have to add into that? You know, tell me a little bit more about if there's extra stuff in 140-3 compliance that we don't have with 140-2. It's going to basically operate the same way, right? Uh, so we want to make this as easy as possible for customers. So once it is validated, uh, 140-3, we have software validation, that process completes. There'll just be a command you need to run to switch over to the new software cryptographic module. Um, outside of that, it takes care of everything for you, right? That's what's generating those software encryption keys. So from software encryption REST standpoint, you know, NVE, NAE, NetApp volume encryption, NetApp aggregate encryption, it's going to be an easy switch over like that. Um, for the drives, it's just that they already had carry the FIPS validation, whether it's 140-2 or 140-3. And they'll be able to, um, the system will be able to accept the new drive types. So it should be pretty straightforward. Okay. You know, I also noticed that we have some IPsec uh, enhancements. So tell me a bit about what that in, what's included in ONTAP 9.11.1 for IPsec. Yeah. So um, we ended up um, getting uh, support for um, FSX, um, that's Amazon FSX for IPsec. Um, was there another, uh, did we support something else, Matt? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, we did add certificate support nine, 10, one. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Um, but actually Dan, now you mentioned that I'm glad you reminded me, you mentioned FSX, uh, the autonomous ransomware protection. When we talked about that section, I forgot to mention this, but we added support for CVO cloud volumes on tap and, uh, FSX as well. So nine, 10, one, those did not carry. Those platforms, CBO and FSX, did not uh, support autonomous ransomware protection. But as of 9-11-1, they do now. So that's that's part of it, right, is we would, we're trying to get these same capabilities and features to all of our platforms. And sometimes we aren't able to release that in the first version. People might say, why? Well, I, I have an answer for that. Um, quality, right? If you look at ONTAP, I, I believe we're six nines now. Uh, you know, Justin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, we have a great quality product in ONTAP. And part of that sometimes means is we spend a good amount of our time in QA. And QA for CVO is different than QA for Select or QA for uh, AFF FAS, right? So um, it's that's why, in case anybody's wondering why you, sometimes you don't see all these features released across all platforms right away, it's typically the QA cycle. We want to make sure that the system stays up is highly available and you don't have issues, right? So that's one of the reasons why you sometimes see that uh, announced a little bit later. What else do we have for 9.11.1 for security? I know we've talked about IPsec and FIPS 140-3. Do we have anything for data mobility or anything that else related to key managers? Yeah, there was one, one, one minor thing is we did add uh, support in SVM Migrate if you have an external key manager. Previously, you could not perform an SVM Migrate uh, if an external key manager was configured on the system, uh, but now you can, which is great for SVM mobility. Um, and that's that's pretty much it uh, from that standpoint. But we did add one more major feature in 9.11.1 from a security standpoint. Um, and it was based off of the hardening guide that uh, Dan Tolledge wrote, wrote the bulk of. So maybe I'll let Dan talk about that. Yeah, sure. It's... We've we've always, we've had um, capability in um, ActiveIQ Unified Manager to um, alert on you know out of compliance items um, based on the hardening guide, and now we have that in 
system manager insights in 9.11.1. And so it gives us, you know, a similar capability that we had in Active IQ UM. And plus it, it will alert if you are not turning on the autonomous ransomware protection feature for volumes and recommend that you do so for that as well. Yeah, I think it'll even notify you. You asked earlier about FIPS, Justin. Um, it'll tell you if your system doesn't have FIPS enabled, right? That's one of the one of the workflows. And what I like about it is it has ways to fix it as well. It doesn't just alert and say, hey, you need to configure this for better security. It actually lets you click a button to re repair or fix it. So uh, we've made that a lot easier. I mean, if if you still want to read the entire hardening guide and implement it exactly the way Dan wrote it. I mean, I'd recommend that. I'd recommend it. <laughs> yeah, right. That read the hardening guide. More clicks, right, for you, Dan? Uh, but <laughs> maybe maybe some customers don't want to do that. And so they can leverage uh, System Manager Insights to, to configure that now on the cluster. And if they have many on-tap clusters, then as Dan mentioned, they can go over to Unified Manager and do the same thing. So we're trying to make it easier to consume our uh, security hardening recommendations, right? And so that's what that's all about. Why, why would you want to make it easier? Like, <laughs> you know, something about making things simple. Is the security supposed to be hard? <laughs> I was you promised know? difficult security, Matt. Well, I guess we're just differentiating here at NetApp. We're going to give you security and make it easy for you to uptake. Uh, go see me, I guess. <laughs> All right. Sounds like we're making more advancements in ONTAP 9.11.1 in regards to security. Uh, so again, Matt, if we wanted to reach you or find more information, how do we do that? Yeah, Justin, uh, they can reach me on Twitter at NTAPMatt, N-T-A-P Matt. And yeah, look for more security episodes, hopefully coming soon. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy these. Yeah, I understand there's, there's a, uh, a site with NetApp to talk about, you know, it lists out all the security certifications. Where would that be? Yeah, actually, hit security.netapp.com. Uh, it has links to all kinds of resources like that. It includes all of our advisories, uh, the CVEs that come out, although those are also available in ActiveIQ. And of course, it has resources for security. Uh, the hardening guide we mentioned several times today is there. But then also, it does list all of our certifications uh, there as well. So that's a great uh, one-stop shop to get all your security documentation needs. Okay. And uh, Dan? How to reach me? Daniel.Tullage at netapp.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and not really doing much Twitter. Where would I find this illustrious uh, security hardening guide? Where, where could I find that? It's called TR4569. All right. Cool. We'll, we'll include that just, in, in the blog so people don't have to go type Google it. Google that. Just Google me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. Uh, Dan, Matt, thanks so much again for joining us and talking to us all about what's new in ONTAP 9.11.1 in regards to security. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you'd like to share today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Dan Intelligent and Matt Truman for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.